Welcome to Open Bar Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm Tony Tambo, flying solo today. I know you'll guy, you guys will miss Ben's terrible jokes, but he'll be back with us later. Uh, I'm just here to bail out this sinking ship. This, this sinking ship that I captain. Uh, we've done two episodes in the last five months. We've done two episodes since the season ended, and I'm I'm going to just apologize to you directly, fellas. This is this is mainly on me. I haven't created the time to do the show, so I'm just going to have to do more of these solo shows in the mid afternoon. If you'd like to come on and join me, if you have mid afternoon time availability and want to chat fantasy baseball, get in my DMs. Let's talk about it. We'll figure some time out, okay? I got away from the interviews that we did in the last last winter. Probably need to crank that up. But today, I'm flying solo. We're going to talk about George Springer to the Jays, Michael Brantley back in Houston via Toronto for a couple hours, Ken Rosenthal, DJ LeMayhew still in New York, Kluber, Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon, too. And in the most recent major news, finally, three years in the making, Nolan Arenado finally traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. How about it? Good for them. Sarcasm. But first, let's get into some news and notes. Jordan Yamamoto acquired by the Mets. Jordan Yamamoto, terrible 2020 in only 11 innings. God-awful 2020 in only 11 innings. We know that the Marlins were decimated by COVID. It's hard to speculate how anyone deals with that. I don't, I'm not even entirely sure if Yamamoto had it himself. Okay, But he had a terrible 2020. Uh, but there was things to point to in 2019 that people liked. Okay, four-seamer, cutter, slider were all plus pitches. People liked Yamamoto as a sleeper. Last year, I'm going to like him as a rebound candidate for the Mets in 2021. I don't know that I have a lot of shares, but there are definitely things to point to if we have a regular, normal spring training ramp up into 162. That remains to be seen. I'm not going to try to speculate on what's happening in the MLB. On that note, it's forever changing, and uh, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm just not going to speculate it at all. Somewhat sad news, Dustin Pedroia is hanging it up. Yesterday, he's finally officially retired, and I, I, I will be remiss if I just don't tip my cap to Dustin Pedroia. Nobody did more with his God-given talent than Dustin Pedroia. The little guy that could. MVP 2008, Dustin Pedroia. So absolute shout out to Dustin Pedroia. Tip of the cap to DP. Uh, incredible season. And he did it all as a Boston Red Sox. That's uh, almost unheard of these days. And probably even uh, more 
more of a just just inevitability that this is not going to happen very often ever again. Just just teams don't lock down players the way they did anymore. Okay, but the Angels to sign more starting pitching, not named Trevor Bauer, Jose Quintana a couple weeks ago, Alex Cobb yesterday. They could have. It, it felt like it was a clear sign that Trevor Bauer could end up in Anaheim. They had the need. They've got a good baseball team, a good lineup, and uh, poor Mike Trout, man. Poor Mike Trout. They keep collecting, uh, starting pitching off the scrap heap instead of just... I, I feel like they're just scared. Uh, we all know the terrible contracts that they've done in Anaheim, and now I think they're a little little trigger shy in Anaheim signing Trevor Bauer. I can kind of understand it, but it just seems like a clear need, a clear need for them, especially with the unfortunate uh, career of Shohei Otani so far, right? I think we all had high expectations for him, and it just hasn't quite panned out but they went and got Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb I don't think there's a lot to see here Jose Quintana is uh, still young-ish 30-31 I think the last time he pitched a full season uh, when you go to the E minus F your ERA minus FIP he was number one so there was good things to point to for Jose Quintana but then coming in spring training in his final season with the Cubs, he split his finger washing dishes. He cut his finger washing dishes uh, and, and just hasn't made it back. He uh, worked out of the bullpen a little bit for them. But now an Anaheim Angel and Alex Cobb as well. Uh, this guy has been decimated by injuries throughout his career. Um, but they are going to try try the scrap heap. For starting pitching if the season goes 162. Uh, Didi Gregorius has re-signed with the Phillies and then Marcus Simeon to Blue Jays for one year, $18 million. This actually leaves Cincinnati with a huge hole at shortstop. He who hesitates and it's Cincinnati right now. They got a huge hole at, at shortstop. But let's go ahead and stay in Toronto with the Baby Jays. Okay, because they're going for it. We've discussed how the San Diego Padres are going for it, and that's very exciting for them and what's happening. But they, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, are also going for it, and, and I love it. You love to see the little guy just go after it. The lineup is very impressive. The starting pitching is a little bit questionable, but Marcus Simeon uh, probably peaked two years ago with the Oakland Athletics. You know, he had. 33 bombs, and, 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 and I believe it was teen steals when he had over 700 plate appearances for the Athletics. 700. Okay. Now, solid hit tool for Marcus Simeon. Uh, I don't like him as much as everybody else does, but with shortstop going in the top one, two, and three rounds. It is a deep position, but this is a guy that can provide you some pop and some steals later in drafts. So there is a possibility for me uh, dipping in here with, with Marcus Simeon. 
But the major news in Toronto, George Springer. They added George Springer. And I got to admit, right out of the gate, I have underappreciated George Springer, especially the last couple years. 274, 363, 522 the last three years. He slugged 522 the last three years. I had no idea. I, I really had no idea. You know, in fantasy baseball, when you just create this idea of a player in your mind and then you, and throughout drafts, you start to create your targets, George Springer just hasn't been on that list for me. This is one of these things that I've overlooked, right? I think when he came up as a rookie and young in his career, there was this expectation that George Springer was going to steal a ton of bases and it hasn't really panned out that way. So then, yeah, I just have, have just drifted from him despite being in one of the best lineups in baseball over the past four or five seasons, right? But 274, 363, 522 the last three years. His barrels went up in 19, 14.1, 12.4 last season in the short sample in 2020, and a career 10.5 barrels. His expected slugging, top 5% of the league the last two years. Top 5%. I had no idea, once again. 259 Babbitt last year in 2020. Derek Hardy's Bat X has George a top 10 hitter, 384 Woba, 279 batting average, 36 home runs, 92 RBIs, 98 runs, and Chippy steals. He still gets you some steals. It's a non zero. We like to see that. Five steals. And that's assuming the Blue Jays will play at Rogers Center. But it doesn't appear like that's going to happen. I'm not going to speculate. On where Toronto's going to play. I believe that there's a, another city in Florida. So possibly not Buffalo. We'll see what happens here. But at ADP 57, this is interesting. ADP 57, Derek Hardy has him as a top 10 batter. ADP at current 57, there's some value. There's a little bit there to, 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 to shake off. A little bit to get. A little bit of ROI. Right? Get that return on investment. There's something to be had here in a great lineup, a young lineup. I think George Springer probably is not leading off for Toronto. I think he'll probably be at the two-hole, possibly three. With all of these parts, Marcus Simeon and Springer, I'm starting to wonder about the Rowdy Telez breakout that Early in November and December, point, people were pointing to. I'm going to urge you <laughs> to stay away from Kevin Biggio. I am going to urge you from here on out, warn you of the unknowns in the 2021 season. And I think Kevin Biggio falls under the unknowns. There was much hype for Kevin Biggio coming into the 2020 season. Okay, The Matt Carpenter comp was thrown around probably too often. Matt Carpenter was coming off season after season of just crushing line drives, crushing doubles in the gap, crushing triples for the St. Louis Cardinals. He adjusted his swing to become a fly ball guy, and those, those doubles turned into bombs. Now the strikeout rate climbed. 
Okay, nobody complained about this, but he was one of the early ones on the five ball re revolution. Kevin Brigio is most certainly a fly ball guy, but they are limp. They are weak. He has one of the weakest exit velocities in all of MLB. Having said that, I still think he can be a 2020 player. So there's value to be had there. I think Kevin Biggio is being overdrafted, and I understand his OBP skills. I'm not sure that he's going to hit at the front of this lineup like others. I'm not sure. So I'm filing this under unknown. Therefore, if it's unknown, this is undraftable for me. If you could guarantee me 600 PAs, 650 PAs at the top, one, two hole for the Toronto Blue Jays, that is a whole nother game. But that's not the case, especially with the signing of Marcus Simeon, who his breakout correlates to a better OBP. Okay. He is above MLB average in OBP these days, right? I don't know where this is going. I know the lineup is stacked, and I think there's a lot of moving parts now. Therefore, this is an unknown for Kevin Biggio. Now, I've kind of segued away from George Springer, but I needed to get that out on Kevin Biggio. He's going so high. It's problematic, and I think it's a mistake. I believe Kevin Biggio at cost is a mistake right now. But George Springer is not. This is completely legit what he is doing, and he will continue to do it no matter where the Toronto ends up hitting in 2021. I like him a lot. On the other hand, Michael Brantley. Let's just go through what happened to Michael Brantley early Early in the day, a couple weeks ago, 10.57, sources confirmed to Blue Jays, Ken Rosenthal. 12.22, no deal. And then 3.20 p.m., Brantley signs in Houston, signs back in Houston. This is a roller coaster ride. I don't understand uh, why it's necessary to be first on information that everyone's going to get. It's completely irrelevant for me. I, I, I very much wish they'd just get it right. Now, it doesn't matter, I suppose, in the long run, because we all find out later. I don't know why they credit sources as being first. It's, it's silly to me. But nonetheless, Michael Brantley returns to Houston, so he will stay in that great lineup. In my mind, when on this day, when he signed back in Houston... In my mind, I felt like this was an aging lineup, so I dug in and took a look. It's not. These players have been around for a while, so it feels like an aging lineup. Yuli Guriel getting a little older, but still, this is a great lineup. He's going to be in the middle of it. Michael Brantley, that is. And he's one of the elite batting average sources in our game. The K percentage did go up to a seven-year high in the short sample season to 15%. That is not a problem. That is still way better than most, right? But he still had a 135 WRC plus because he hits in the middle of that stacked lineup. It's a really... Houston will remain one of the best lineups out there. 300, 364, 476 slug. What I like to comp Michael Brantley to is Kyle Hendricks. What are you saying, Timbo? 
That's a pitcher. Kyle Hendricks is, is widely known in our game as this stabilizer. You know what you're going to get from Kyle Hendricks. Those solid ratios every single year. Slide them in. You know what you're going to get. This is what you get out of Michael Brantley. Right? Underappreciated batting average. Very much overlooked batting average category. This is one of those guys that can provide that bump for you. He still slugs 476, right? The problem I have with Michael Brantley, and the reason I don't draft a lot of Michael Brantley, this is up to you. The reason I don't, it's just not a lot of category juice anymore. It's not a lot of power. Points leagues, this is different. I'm a roto player for the most part. Not a lot of power, and the steals aren't there. He had terrible trouble with his ankles two, or excuse me, three. It's been three and four years ago now. Okay, so the steals aren't really there. Uh, It's maybe just a couple, just some chippies from Michael Brantley these days. Okay, but it's still a great lineup. There's still a lot to like. Okay, if you go early in drafts uh, on maybe like a Bryce Harper with a batting average, everything else for Bryce Harper is there, but the batting average necessarily isn't. Maybe this is a target for you coming in at what? His, uh, His ADP is 159. So maybe this is a target for you. If you miss out on batting average early in drafts on some of your best bats, maybe this is something you target because you need that bump, right? We all know the power comes later in drafts in ADP, but there's rarely any batting average that comes with it. So that's something to consider. Okay. Let's move on to the Yankees. When we last did a podcast, when I last did a show, With Ben, uh, we made mention of the terrible rotation the New York Yankees have and the holes that were there. But the good news is they signed DJ LeMayhew. This is a great signing for the Yankees. This is a great signing for fantasy managers. And having said all that, uh, I'm off. I'm off of DJ LeMayhew. I understand the value Like Michael Brantley, he provides batting average way more than most folks. Chippy steals. ADP 30th overall. You're going to invest a second round pick in DJ LeMahieu coming off a career year. Career year. Now, we underappreciated this guy leaving course, right? This was everybody's, the entire community did this. What will he do outside of Coors? I totally understand it. But 364, 421, 590 slug. A career high 176 WRC plus small sample. Like this screams regression. We know this is regression for several reasons. Several reasons. He will remain one of the top batting average players in our game. And with first, second, third base eligibility, there's a lot to like here. I think this ADP, though, reflects the drafts that are currently going on, the DCs and the best balls that have been going since uh, December and January now, right? Because of this eligibility, managers that are drafting him in the DCs and the best balls know that he'll be eligible at all those places. And so on any given a day, he can blow up at any of those positions. It's a great value there. But as we go forward and, and our Roto League start to kick up, our redraft Roto Leagues, the ADP is still going to sit somewhere near this. And I think this is kind of a mistake. 
I question this coming off a career year. How many times have you heard this from our podcast and others? Buying someone on a career year. This is a mistake. I think it's fly ball. His fly ball to home run rate was also a career high. That's going to regress. Now, he's still in the perfect lineup in the perfect park to succeed, okay? Or to come close to these numbers in 2020. But at 30th overall, the 30th player overall, I can't do this. I'm not going to fault you if you do. If you can build a team like this, have at it. I can't do this. Now, what we also talked about in the past, on the last show, were the troubles that the New York Yankees had in their rotation. They had glaring holes in that rotation. Jordan Montgomery was their SP2 at the time. They definitely filled it with some sexy names. Let's get into those now. Corey Kluber, five straight seasons of 200 innings and 200 Ks. Lock it down. Uh, you just absolute reliability until he took that comebacker off the forearm and broke his forearm. 200 innings for five straight seasons until that comebacker. 36 innings since. Only 36 innings in the last two years. The first game out for Corey Kluber in 2020. Uh, He had a Terry's minor strain. Okay. Took a couple months to recover. He will be fully healthy going into the 2020 season whenever that happens. But this is warning signs. We're talking about two seasons removed from all that heavy lifting that Corey Kluber did in Cleveland. Two seasons removed now. I think I overemphasized the dying fastball for Corey Kluber, but it plays off of that nasty cutter that we all like. That is kind of like what cutter slider that we all like from Corey Kluber, this incredible pitch. But if he can't paint with the fastball, if he can't dial it back up, the same reasons DJ LeMahieu succeeds in New York Stadium, Yankee Stadium, excuse me, Corey Kluber could fail or uh, definitely regress. So I warn you going into draft season, through your drafts, the expectation cannot be 200, 200 innings and 200 strikeouts. I don't believe it's going to be there. I think elite Corey Kluber in Yankee Stadium is not going to happen. It is a thing of the past. I, I probably like Corey Kluber for something of a, a, a plus four ERA, which he hasn't done in years. I think this is a sexy name on one of the biggest, most popular teams in our game. And I think this might be a mistake. I'm going to move on to their... They traded for Jamison Tyon as well. And nobody is rooting harder for Jamison Tyon to succeed than me. I'm not going to make it a habit of uh, hyping up Pittsburgh Pirates pitchers. I was on Tyon before this trade happened. I was going to blow this up. and, and, And it's got nothing to do with the trade that's happened. But I've given a second thought, and i got to be off of Jamison Tyon in 2021. We're talking about two Tommy Johns. 
and we're talking about cancer. Two Tommy Johns and cancer. I want this man to succeed more than anyone in the league. I want him to have a great career. He's still young, still a lot to like here. He was on his way up 2018, 3.20 ERA in 191 innings. Breakout, but only 179 Ks. The strikeouts weren't necessarily there. He did, however, have four plus pitches. The slider, the fastball, sinker, and curveball were all legit. 95 with the fastball. The slider in 2018, 13.5 swinging strike rate. 2019, 14.9 swinging strike rate. The important note there is this was a brand new slider. Straight out of the gate, he started he started throwing this in 2018 and 2019, and it was great. Okay, It didn't have a lot of break on it necessarily. It wasn't getting a ton of swinging strikes on it, but that's legit. It was, it was trending in the right direction, and I like Tyon for this reason. Uh, late in drafts, I think, again, with this trade happening, Tyon's ADP will, will trend up, and this might be trouble. As I went through early ADP, I liked where Tyon was going. I liked the possibility. But when you consider the entire package of everything that Jameson Tyon has dealt with over the last four years, I've got to be off of this. I've got to be off of this. Now, when we talk about Tommy John surgery, he's he's more recovered than any other player, the Chris Sale, the Luis Severino, the Noah Syndergaard, okay? He's been clear of it, I think, for almost a year and a half, so he's going to come into spring training healthy, but I don't know that I can go there. If he can't ramp it up, if he can't ramp up the fastball to 94 plus, 95, there might be trouble here. There might be trouble here, and I don't know that I can do it. Now, uh, the Yankees have taken a lot of risks signing these two. The rotation looks a lot better than it did a month ago, but they've taken a lot of risk. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. In latest news, Nolan Arenado finally traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. It's been three years in the making. Three years in the making. Uh, rumors of this trade haven't happened. <laughs> finally, uh, patience has paid off. For St. Louis, uh, they paid very little for one of the best third basemen in the league. Okay, now all the speculation over the last three years—it's been uh, talked about uh, repeatedly. Home and away splits for Nolan Arenado. I was in on this with the idea that this guy would struggle outside of course. We just discussed DJ LeMahieu going to New York and succeeding. This is totally different for Nolan Arenado going to St. Louis. This is completely different. St. Louis is not the hitting environment. It couldn't be more of the opposite than Yankee Stadium and Coors. Okay. Let me just give you some some of the career numbers. In Coors, 322 average, away 263. The PAs were nearly identical, 2,300 in Coors, 2,255 away. So give or take 50 there. 136 bombs in Coors, 99 away. 669 hits, 537 away anywhere else going into St. Louis. I don't want to harp on this too much. I really, really don't want to harp on it too much. 
but he will not be the player that we've known in St. Louis. It's just that simple. His batting average will take a hit. The power is still there. He'll be fine. Okay. It's an improved lineup with him in it. There's still questions there at the top. Do we know that Tommy Edmond is going to succeed in St. Louis? I'm not sure. But we do need to talk about his injury. The nagging injury last year. The shoulder. Do we remember the MOI, the mechanism of injury for Nolan Arenado? He went lunging forward at a ground ball and there was pain. He simply said, I believe his quote was something he felt like uh, it was just he had slept wrong and it was stiff. But this thing lingered on all season long. His numbers suffered. Okay. I'm going to comp this to someone, an injury close to my heart, sadly. But this is exactly what happened to Chris Bryant. The only difference, Chris Bryant was sliding into third place, jammed the shoulder capsule. After his MVP year, MVP Chris Bryant has never been the same. Now, I absolutely cannot speculate that Nolan Arenado will have the same fate. But we have seen this downward trend with the same injury from an incredible player. And I'm worried with the combination of Arenado leaving Colorado and not only leaving Colorado, but not going to a Cincinnati or a quality hitting environment. He's going all the way down to St. Louis. Coupled with the shoulder injury, this might be trouble. When I first, when my initial reaction was like, you know, I'm going to take Arenado at this value, blah, blah, blah. People will be slowly off of him. He's already coming in at a third round value. So I thought I liked him then. But again, when you consider the entire picture, this is an unknown. I'm going to harp on these unknowns the rest of the draft season. Repeatedly harp on unknowns. This is an unknown. You can speculate all you want to. He's going to say in spring training that he's 100% healthy. It's going to come. Uh, Like, I love his aggressiveness. I love the stories that we've read in the past about his effort level and the way he just grinds it out. So you like to speculate that he's going to be better. I don't know that he can right? You could say the same thing for Chris Bryant. So I'm worried for this. This is an unknown now. This is an unknown. And at a third base position that's so incredibly deep, I'm unfortunately off of Nolan Arenado. I'm okay with being wrong with that, especially when it comes to replacement value at that position. We're going to talk about that a lot going forward with Ben. But this is now an unknown which creates risk. That's up to the manager if they want to take that risk. I totally understand. It won't be me. It won't be me. That's all I have for today. Thank you as always. I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do a lot better job getting these solo pods in, whether it's uh, one a week when big news happens, once every couple of weeks. Uh, we've been reluctant to do all of the interviews from the, the major players in our game and some of the other podcasts this past winter uh, i wanted to go a different direction 
But unfortunately, a different direction was no direction for us. We did very little work on the offseason. Uh, it's time to ramp it up. We got our emails from TGFBI. So there's a lot of buzz on Twitter today. Everything uh, it's, it's here. It's time. It's time to get started. And uh, I'm ready to get back to work. So thanks for listening. As always, we'll talk soon, fellas. <laughs>